0: Uh, Let's bring up the vaccine. Right. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, Leaders Live, 12th of April. Wow. And the weather seems to be getting better in the UK, which is always good. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing the sun again. So welcome to Leaders Live, short countdown timer to help the various feeds catch up with us. And I can see people are hooking up already. Yep, yeah, we're on. That's great. So give us some comments to know that you're on, and um, we can start to see whether all the tech is working. So we can't wait for today's groovy show, folks. We're hanging out with CEO, Growth Academy founder, Charles McLaughlin, my mate. And uh, we'll be chatting about how to turn personal failures into successes. And, uh, yeah, so, ooh. And uh, helping us to engage, we have the lovely Birdine. Hugo, say a quick, uh, give us a quick wave, a quick hello, Birdie.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to today just because, you know, merely in every failure you grow out of, you build new successes from that. So looking forward to today's discussion.
0: Beautifully said, Oliver. Yeah. And give us a wave, Charles, a quick Hello. Hi, it's great to be amongst live. Yeah, great, thanks. So, so we know everything's working and people are coming on. Good morning all. We've got a few people saying good morning already. So, uh, yeah, music by my uncle Peter. Yeah. And this is the, we think this is the 40, 48th show, folks, or 40, no, 47th show. Fantastic. You know, we, we've all been part of this growing community. It feels really exciting and really groovy. So, um, morning Angelique, morning Paul, morning Andrew Bryant. I hope you're recovering well. Andrew was in hospital recently, so we need to give him some love. So (laughs) hope you're all right, Andrew, and recovering well. And good morning, Joe. So we're going to come back to Joe in a minute. And we'll tell you all about that in a moment. So, oi, oi, people. It's Leaders Live Showtime, folks. And it's just after 8.45 a.m. here in the UK, 8.45. And we are live, live, live. Um, if you're new to Leaders Live and you don't know me, I'm Andrew Jenkins, and uh, we are live, live, live on Leaders Live, spreading the love, Yappa Tappa 2, and we're streaming out on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook groups, Twitter. We think we're on Twitch. We still haven't worked that one out. It's the, just a bit of a mystery Twitch, so tada! da And um, if you can't catch us on live or even on the replay, fear not my friends because we've got you covered there because we're on podcast as well, Morning Kathy Heath. And uh, yeah, so remember too, it's an interactive show, folks. So please get involved, join in, ask questions, network with a live community, and even a little friendly banter goes a long way. And uh, yep, Tony Hodges, one of Charles's mates, is in the room. So hi, Tony, how you doing? Um, so yeah, hot news, hot news, folks. We've got merch too, folks. Merchandise. Well, I'm wearing the wearing a Leaders Live t-shirt. So we've got t-shirts and hoodies, and I'm trying to sort that out for Birdie right now as we speak. Um, I can't believe how difficult it is to get to get merchandise from the UK to South Africa. So we're trying to work out that. So if you want a T-shirt or a hoodie, they're available in many colours, male and female fitted versions, all sort of colours and sizes. They're all at a reasonable cost price too. We're not making any money on those. So um, so so that's that's that. So if you want one of those, let me know and we'll sort that out for you. Put it all together and what have you got? Yep, yeah, you've got it. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. So and also brand new. Oh, let's get a drum roll on this. Uh, and we're up. <coughs> Ta-da! So brand new, we have a five-minute slot on Leaders Live today called Get to Know You in Five, folks, where we briefly feature a regular on the show so we can get to know each other a little bit more each week. And every week we get to know each other a little bit more. So I think that deserves a whoa. Whoa! <laughs> so today's show, we are uh showcasing leaders live regular contributor joe cooper who's in the room today and we'll we'll be coming back to her shortly so you can put a a face to a name folks so it's all a bit experimental and it was actually one of our regular suggestion it was laurie hales that suggested that um, i don't know whether she's on yet um so shout out for her for that one um and i think that might even uh, require a round of applause if i can find the applause button and uh no, I can't. Yes, I can. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Laurie, for that one. Um, thanks to uh, guys um, for the poll testing I did with you last week. And um, this idea was a yes, yes, yes from you all. So we'll come back to that again about half time just to let you know. OK, so let's bring in this week's guest. So today I'm hanging out with, as I said, CEO of Portfolio Executive Development, CEO, Growth Academy founder, fellow Inspired CEOs, co-founder and board chair, my mate Charles McLaughlin. How are you doing Charles? It's great to be with you Andrew. Great to be with you too. And you know, we're going to be talking about how to turn personal failures into successes, right Charles?
2: Yes, I've been really struck by how we have this extraordinary culture of success but nobody matches that with the ability to deal with failure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's it's an interesting topic, isn't it? And, you know, and I think, you know, this is a topic that can be very moving as well, folks, if we're willing to open up a bit here to, um, and be real with one another. And, you know, Charles, you're going to share some of your own greatest failures as will I as well. So we're going to get right down to it and get a little bit vulnerable with this kind of stuff. So, um, Charles, I know you have a couple of questions for us, but before you get on to that, um, tell us a little bit about more tell us a little bit about where you're heading today, Charles, so we get a flavor of where we're going?
2: Yeah, so the starting point is, we're in a culture where more and more we're encouraged to set goals and milestones and get things finished and be excellent. So all our culture is about defining success. Yeah. And yet, as a society, we don't have a mechanism for responding to less than success, which I'm using for the purpose of this conversation, called failure. Because yeah. failure is somehow a dirty word.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: in England, we're reluctant to talk about money, um, we're not so reluctant to talk about sex anymore, we <laughs> to talk about death, but failure, that's complete taboo. Yeah. So it's easier to
0: talk about sex than it is to talk about failure. Now, there's an interesting thought. So thanks for that, that Charles. So you've got a question for us to kick us off. Um, so, in fact, you've got a couple of questions, but let's just start with question one. What was your first question for,
2: yeah, for so the audience? Often our attitudes to things is most obvious when we think about our attitude to other people. Mm. So what I'd like you to do is just to think about, perhaps jot down in the chat, your attitude to the failure of others. Okay. What do you feel about it? What do you think about it? How do you react to it?
0: So the attitude to your failure to others and Burdine, you'll pop that in the comments too. There's the lovely Burdine um, just popped up on the screen. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Right. Okay. Look, there's a little bit of delay in the feed, folks. So we'll, we'll just allow those comments to, to come through, but just put it in the feed. So please interact with that. You know, this gets us going and uh, Charles, I'm going to come back to you in just a tick as well. So, um, as mentioned, leaders live is an interactive show, folks. So please join in. Don't be shy. Use the comments for these. Uh, for these questions and, you know, engage with us and join the, sh- you know, join the show and with each other. And remember, it's a group conversation. So you know how it goes, folks. So, and we've got um, Birdeen, our lovely moderator. Um, and uh, during the countdown, I'll briefly introduce Birdeen. Uh, here's a chance to say a bit more, Birdeen. How are you doing, Birdin?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks, Andrew. Um, you, as I said, during the countdown, you know, we we all fail... At something, but mm-hmm. you you get out stronger and better with better successes in the end. I mean, it's it's a matter of just mindset and that change. So yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to today's interaction and let's get a bit vulnerable. Let's put ourselves out there a bit and think about the failures and how we've overcome those.
0: Yeah well said Bertin and you know unfortunately Bertin hasn't got the sexy voice she had last time she had a very husky voice last <laughs> week because <laughs> she was suffering from a from a cold so we're missing that husky voice by the way so uh, yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bertin so um a quick um you know, smash those likes as well folks we just want to spread the love just a little bit here you know give us a thumbs up too folks we really appreciate that as we're going along that just keeps us motivated keeps us rocking and please subscribe to our um Uh, leaders live youtube community channel you know it's a group effort we're growing that channel from fledgling to try and get its wings going so please help us to get to that first milestone which is our our hundred um users on (laughs) on youtube doesn't sound a lot but it's a big number for us so we're getting there so um let me just come back to um to charles a moment so back to you charles and um just before we begin let's just give charles a round of applause (laughs) I love this scene. So for those of you on podcast, there is confetti just pouring over the screen right now. Charles is going to have to be clearing that up for ages. So, so there we go. So, um, Charles, you know, um, I hope you enjoyed that lovely build up, that, that groovy build up. Feel the love, Charles. Feel the love. Uh, so you asked the audience a couple of questions. Let's start with this. Birdie, what's in the comments right now? Let's bring Birding back. What's going on in the comments before we get Charles get going?
1: Um, so we're going to start off. Jonas said it's only a failure if nothing is learned from it. Mm. And I see everyone is on the same train of thought with regards to that. Um and good morning, Jonas, by the way. Cathy <laughs> said, good
0: morning, Jonas.
1: there's a f- no failure, only learning. So my response is to understand what they learned and what they are going to do with it.
0: Um, um, that's nice. Oh, and then Janice said,
1: oh, I think that's, that's for the, the voice. Jonas, I'll go to a place where I can go scream again and then just lose it completely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice one, how is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham said I always strive to be accepting of the failures of others. When I fail, I'm mindful of those who have not judged me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, nice one. Graham. And then
1: Paul said only real failure is a lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. And Jack said I take it as an opportunity to help that person learn, grow, and perhaps, depending on the situation, help you learn. And then yeah. Tony just popped in, working with a client whose business has been submerged, he has learned so much more than if he had been successful.
0: Yeah, lovely. What say you, Charles, those comments? What thoughts have you got? Yeah, what it's comes quite to an interesting
2: in... spectrum, isn't it? Mm. Um, very strong theme around learning, Yeah. but also really great to hear someone who's saying how it made them feel, um, and we'll come back to that whole response of emotion a little bit later in the session.
0: Yeah. So the emotional response to it. Lovely. Okay, And uh, yeah, morning to you all, by the way. Great to have you all on the show. So, um, Charles, you have a second question for us that we
2: can engage with. Yeah. So we asked what you think about the failure of others. Mm. What I'm going to encourage you to do is spend some time through this session really dwelling in your own experience of failure, perhaps the most intense experience of failure you've had. So you've got that in mind as we go through the rest of the session.
0: Yeah.
2: And the question is, how do you feel about your failure? Yeah. So we're not going to ask you what the failure was, but hold that in mind and tell us about what you feel.
0: About what you're feeling, Charles. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah we just lost you there for a moment. So, so okay, so while we're waiting for the feed to catch up, Charles, you know, what's been your greatest personal failure? You know, let's, um, let's hear a little bit from you, Charles.
2: Yeah, well, I'm quite um, clear that there are four quite different kinds of failures I can come back to and look at again and again.
0: I'll put this on the screen so, for us here, Charles.
2: So the first one I want to talk about is in my late teens, early 20s, I had a pretty catastrophic mental breakdown. Wow. Um, and I think in society, perhaps there's more tolerance for breakdown, but in those days, it was certainly seen as failure. Yeah. But the question was, who's failure? Was it my failure? Was it my parents' failure? Was it just stuff that happened to me it my genetics? Or had I made bad choices? Mm-hmm. So that, as a failure, was very significant in my life. Um, and I've had to adapt radically in the face of it. But quite interesting to see the different attitudes that I have and other people have to what that really means. Um, And at its worst, I think I could say it was nothing to do with me. It just happened to me. But actually, in order to overcome that uh, mental breakdown, I needed to do things differently. So ultimately, I had choices. I could make good choices that kept me mentally healthy, or I could make bad choices that didn't.
0: Interesting. And how long did it take you to recover? Just out of interest, Charles.
2: Well... um, I was about three years, so I took a three-year break during my university degree, Um, but the whole experience was probably a five-year experience, really.
0: Five-year turnaround, my gosh, yeah.
2: I think the other area of failure I want to talk about is marriage failure, because Mm. we use quite interesting language in relation to the failure of a marriage. We talk about the marriage having failed rather than taking perhaps individual responsibility for our own failure in that relationship and that can often mean that when the relationship breaks down it becomes adversarial because we we're into a language where the marriage failed and then clearly it's the other person's fault that the marriage failed mm-hmm. um, and we don't carry our own responsibility um, and I think it is very easy for me to look at that marriage failure as the responsibility of the other person
0: right?
2: but in order for my new marriage to be successful I need to take a different kind of responsibility for my role in the relationship and recognise that a lot of the baggage from the previous marriage is stuff I carry into my new relationship and only I can take responsibility for that yeah. so again and it's as much about recognising what happened um, recognising my own responsibility in it, and then choosing to be different. But for a long time, I believed that my marriage failure had been so catastrophic, I was unsuitable to be a marriage candidate for anybody else ever, ever again. Um, And that's a state that I call learned hopelessness. Learned hopelessness. You have an experience of failure, and it teaches you that it's hopeless ever to try again
0: just write that down learned hopelessness right okay thank you that sounds a significant phrase to me
2: so the third thing is business failure right. um <clears throat> i made the decision in my late 20s early 30s that i wanted to build a business with somebody else and i spent quite a lot of time trying to find the right business partner to build that business with and i did find somebody and we did build a business and it grew to having 50 people we a very successful product, but the business failed. Right. Um, the majority shareholder and co-founder decided he was going to put the business into voluntary liquidation, Ouch. and all of the assets of the business were lost. Um, and so that was a very, very painful experience. Mm. But I think this was a place where I'd gone into the relationship really saying, I have a choice in my life to start a business and perhaps make a lot of money, or do an MBA and definitely spend lots of money. <laughs> and the advice I got from the parents of some of my friends was, it's much better to do to start a business because you'll learn more than you'll learn an MBA. Uh, it won't cost you more than an MBA. Um, and at the end of it, you'll have real experience. Whereas after you've done an MBA, all you've got is a lot of knowledge and no experience. Yeah. So I sort of went into this with my eyes open that it could fail. Um, and I look back on it and I think, you know, perhaps I wasn't the right judge of people, perhaps I should have made different decisions, but ultimately it was a high risk venture we were building a business out of cash flow, Uh, there was no significant external investment and for a product business that was quite a heroic thing to try to do I can see how that experience then fed into all the other opportunities in my life so yes it was a business failure but from a personal point of view, after i spent time getting over the failure, and that took almost a year, it was uh, yeah. pretty painful, bet. Um, and we were faced with living in very limited circumstances for an extended period of time,
0: yeah.
2: uh, I came back and a whole set of new opportunities opened up, and the following five years were extremely exciting.
0: Yeah, it must be very frightening to, you know, obviously just run out of money and liquidating a company and all the assets removed from the business and It must have been a really difficult
2: time. I think it was less about the lack of money. Mm. Um, It was more about the anger I felt that this other person had made a really bad decision. Uh Uh, The amount I felt that I invested, I think it was almost five years of my life, and ended up with nothing. Yeah. And the... Loss of identity, I suppose. You know, I was a mm-hmm. founder of a successful business and then I, I, that had vanished. Um, and um, so I find that really quite depressing and distressing. And It took me a while to, in a sense, mourn that business, yeah. um, even though you know, out of it came some very, very positive opportunities, which I was then in a position to make the most of.
0: Yeah, some powerful words there that we're going to come back to, like the loss of identity and mourning. Um, I'm sure those will come up again shortly. So talk us about your fourth one and then we'll go to um, to what's going on in the chat.
2: Yeah, this has probably been the most difficult experience. It's the most recent experience. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I had a vision for building a particular kind of uh, Christian residential centre right. based around a country house in rural Bedfordshire. Um, We've be Living with this vision for four years, we got an opportunity to, to take it forward during lockdown. Right. And a year into the process, the charity trustees and ourselves came to the conclusion that what we were trying to do wasn't working. And I think this is really what me prompted me to explore failure because
3: mm.
2: I felt it was very painful. You no, know, yeah. I believe passionately. We believe passionately that this was. Uh, the right thing to do it was an important thing to do. We invested a huge amount of time and energy in it um, all through COVID, which was a very difficult time in which to build a business.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, we made a lot of personal sacrifice. Um, but people around us said it's not a failure. Um, and I found that very, very difficult. That just felt unreal. You know, we had set a very clear goal. We had absolutely not achieved that goal. We invested everything we could to try and achieve that goal, and we had failed. And yet they wanted to dress it up as well. You know, at least you tried, or the important thing was to hold the place open for what other people are going to be. They wanted to deny failure, and for me, that really wasn't helpful. And I think what it got me to do was to dig into why do we find it so difficult to acknowledge both the failure of others and our own failures yeah. that we often have in our private lives or in our working lives or in our relationships actually is incredibly unhelpful and unhealthy. So that's really what I wanted to challenge with the uh, the thinking I've been doing and the uh, the talks I've been doing around failure.
0: Fantastic, yeah. Thanks, Charles. I know. Wow, uh, some big stuff there, Charles. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, um, we'll, we'll come back to that again in a minute. Let's just give you a quick break. Um, Birdie, what's going on in the chat? Let's come back to to that for a little while. I'll give you a break, Charles.
1: Okay. So we still have a few answers from the first question. Okay.
0: Yeah. Go
1: ahead. Joe said everyone fails, but it's these failures we learn from always time to help others. Yeah. And Andrew said, my attitude would be, I would offer encouragement, see what they have learned, and I would add ideas so they can grow and learn. Paul said, you have to own failure. Yeah. Um, and then Laurie said, I have a slightly different, maybe unpopular thought. Failure with learning is fine. No judgment. Repeated failure on the same thing is indicative of something else. Yeah. Maybe the task exceeds the person's skills or just doesn't care or whatever. Regardless, repeated failure at the same thing needs more than just acceptance of that failure. And now I will hide, she said. <laughs> <laughs> that is,
0: that's really, I, yeah. I mean, that was interesting because that came up in the pre-chat um, on Charles's feed when we were advertising this event. And one of your colleagues, Charles, um, or friends, sort of um, talked about the whole thing about, well, yeah, is some of this cut about competency or lack of it? And I think that's what Laurie's saying, that, you know, yeah, it's okay to fail. Great. Learn from it. The key is not to make a habit of it. Right, Charles? Is that is that there's something there about that's that? That's what
2: they're saying. I'm not sure yeah. I completely agree. Um, okay. I think uh, I think you do have people who try again and again and again. Yeah. Um, and they... Push through in the face of repeated failure. Um, if you think of James Dyson, the uh, vacuum cleaner guy, um, and yeah. Edison is often quoted as saying <laughs> that he saw there. all his experiments on the electric light bulb as yeah. one step closer to success <laughs> repeated failures. So yeah. I think there is absolutely that power of reflection. Yeah. That is this feasible? Is this practical? But there's also those people who hold a passion and a belief that are them to push through in the face of what seems insurmountable odds. Um, and they're prepared to pay the cost of that. Um, for some of us, perhaps that cost is unacceptable, but they are prepared to pay the cost of that. The cost. Um,
0: yeah. So there's something about deserving the right to there. Charles, is there with the cost of that? Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, um Let's just say, you know, I was Edison and I was endlessly trying to find the right thing for the electric lamp filament. (laughs) Now, maybe it he took lots and lots of time and that was costly. Maybe he spent lots of other people's money and that was costly. Mm. Maybe his wife left him and his children disowned him and he ended up in poverty. Well, actually, Edison was very successful out of all his experiments, But compare that to the life of Tesla, who had a similar kind of persistence and level of belief. But actually, at the end of his life, he ended up in poverty and being supported by handouts from other people. So both were prepared to risk everything. One of them had a very, very successful outcome in terms of all of the rewards they received. And the other one ended up in a very very difficult position. Uh, The costs ended up being very high. Was Tesla wrong? Was Edison right? They made their choices. They went along, and they knew the consequences of those choices. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Mm. Burdin, thank you. Just give you a quick break again. So, Burdin, where else is going? Let's finish the thread.
1: Yeah. So, and um, for the second question, Angelique said, "If you don't look internally first, then you will never learn." Um, and she also said, nobody likes to look within first. Yeah. That's the
0: whole Andrew said,
1: attitude. Yes, it is. Andrew said, attitude when I fail is why did I fail at, why did I fail that? And what am I going to do to not fail again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jack says disappointment put reflective almost immediately to do things differently. Yeah. And then Joe said, my failure at first, I mentally beat myself up and go inward. Then I talk for myself and pull up my pants, as they say, and try to learn from it.
0: Yeah, I resonate um, with
1: that
0: one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice one, Joe.
1: <laughs> Graham said, my own experience of failure helped me to realize that I was too trusting and held others in too high regard. Failure helped me to revisit my personal values and never to veer away from them.
0: That's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. People's learnings here. That's really mm. fascinating. Yeah, carry on.
1: Yes, Jonas said, given the fact that I'm a wheelchair user, I've always strived for perfection. I knew from a very early age that I would have to be better than my peers in order yeah. to be judged the same. Mm. Unfortunately, this has led to a fear of failure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thanks, Jonas. Thanks yeah. for being
1: And... Yeah. Yeah, Jonah said, Graham Rose, it is a sad world we are living in when being too trusting can be seen as a failure. I've been told the same time after time, I still refuse that one can be too trusting. Spot on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah,
0: interesting. So so trust is key, I yes. think, is what I'm getting out Jackson. of that. If I've read that correctly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of people entrust sometimes too much in others and they you know those people break their trust over and over again. I think it's along that line also. Jack said brilliant points in real life experience. Thank you, Charles.
0: There you go. Brilliant. Thank you.
1: Okay, and then we just have a few more. Failure requires self compassion. We are often our own harshest critics from Graham. Uh, Laurie said fair point points, and then Graham said, I need grace on a daily basis for my own failures.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah very nice. Okay. Any thoughts, Charles, before we move on?
2: I think it's really interesting what uh, they said about trust. Mm. Um, and I do think that trust is really just another form of risk. Trusting people is taking a risk. Um, and I suppose, you know, my own experience of a uh, marriage that failed was I extended a lot of trust. I took a big risk mm-hmm. and ultimately I was disappointed uh, in my new marriage. I had to trust all over again um, and in some ways trust even more because I'd had disappointment in the past. But... It has been very, very fruitful. It's not, you know, it's always a journey, but that continuing opportunity to offer more trust ultimately has paid off for me. But I'm always taking a risk.
0: Yeah, I love the way you've described that, that trust is just another form of taking risk. Really nice way of looking at it That. Um, just by the way, um, Joe, you're in the green room at the moment, just waiting for us to uh, to come to you. So I'll just keep you on hold there. So we're coming to Joe shortly. But before we do that, Charles, um, you know, tell us a bit more about how success and failure then enable each other. We're kind of getting to this point here. Tell us a little bit about that before we move on.
2: Yeah, well, when I started looking into failure, mm. I found a really interesting booklet produced by the Royal Society of the Arts in the UK called The Failure Files, and the editor of that is a guy <laughs> called Hilson. Um, and so I thought this is really, really helpful. They look at a whole range of different failures, and I won't discuss them today. Sure. But Hilson himself produced this really powerful model, I think, that helps us to think about failure. And he started by saying, we are sitting in a comfort zone. Whatever that is, there's a comfort zone. And then we have a choice of to step beyond that comfort zone. And that's the point at which we invite failure. If we never step into that comfort zone so we're starting in the middle at the bottom okay. of this picture in the comfort zone
0: so we've just got a picture up for just bear with me charles so those on podcast we've just got um, a little graphic up about showing the, the difference between various comfort zones and and stretches um so uh, yeah carry on charles just just so that people know. yeah so
2: if we're going to go beyond our comfort zone yeah then we do need to step into a place where we risk failure uh, if we choose not to step out of our comfort zone, mm. the very big risk is that our comfort zone shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until it becomes a discomfort zone. But when we step out into that place where we, have, where we risk failure, yeah. then we have the opportunity to push through into a success zone, which we can then take advantage of. Uh, before that success zone becomes our new comfort zone. (laughs) And we're challenged yet again to push into a new failure zone. And as we move through these successive success and failure zones, we are ending up with some kind of direction of travel in response to the things we discover. So in retrospect, it looks like we're going in some kind of straight line. The reality is, at each point, we don't really understand where we're going to end up. And if I relate to that my own experience, when the business failed, then I was thrown into a place where I went back to what I knew, which was to be a a software contractor, to earn a crust. But I was working with a very interesting business in Cambridge on the science park there. And through that, I was invited, I was headhunted by I'm the largest global professional services firm in the world to come and help build their technology practice in the UK. Mm. So that failure opened me up to a brand new opportunity. The key to that mm. was the fact that my wife believed I could do so much more. Interesting. She strongly encouraged me to step into jobs way outside my comfort zone Going and working in a big international professional services zone was, um, was way out of my comfort zone mm. um, compared to being a co-founder of a new software development house. So it was the encouragement of others, my wife in particular, who was prepared to stand with me in this new venture um, and encouraged me to try for jobs which uh, in the past I would have thought, one, I didn't want, two, would good for me, and three, I could never get. Yeah. So that was a, I went and had four or five interviews. The whole process took about six months, um, and three years later, I was partner in Anderson Business Consulting, working with some of the most exciting blue chip digital projects in the world.
0: Yeah, I love the way you describe that. That through a difficulty, you know, it, it takes us out of our comfort zone. We've got a choice: we can either stay there. Or we can take a risk and then through that risk, we then grow. And that's equally the same as the trust thing, isn't it? That we grow through that as well. It's another risk, right? And yet what we're doing. I I
2: could have stepped back into my previous existence. Exactly. To be a contract software developer.
0: Exactly. Um, You know, it could have stayed the same. That would have been okay. Yeah.
2: But over time, that comfort zone would have shrunk and shrunk. And
0: mm. you know,
2: in my mid-fifties, nobody would give me work as a software developer anymore. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and you know, Kathy was saying that it's a very internal journey, and we've got to face ourselves and learn from it. And then that then grows us into that that whole new part of ourselves, which then expands our comfort zone. And then we go off and learn again. Right? That's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks, so the Charles. The key thing I
2: would leave you with is mm. failure as opportunity. <laughs>
0: lovely line that so failure is a it's an opportunity for an opportunity folks so there we go charles we're just going to put you on on just hold for a moment and we'll come back to the comments as well um, excellent segue charles from the ashes rises the phoenix says graham brilliant i love that and a quick one from Paul. Trust is having the confidence and honesty of others. So that's just a comment from, uh, from Paul morning, Paul. Um, right. So l- l- listen, we're just going to take a quick break from you, Charles, just for a minute and um, give you a bit of a rest. We're going to, we're going to jump into a, we're going to have a little interlude now where we're going to just um, welcome, um, to our very first get to know you in five session. I'm just trying to bring up the slide where it is and hopefully we will have. There she is. We've got the lovely Joe Cooper in the room. So, hi Joe. How you doing?
3: Hi guys. I'm well. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me along. Lovely to see you all. Lovely to um, see you yeah. too. Amazing. Yeah great to have I'm you on. I'm a bit fuzzy your end, I'm a bit fuzzy my end. Yeah
0: you are a bit fuzzy but never mind, um, it's probably be because we've got light. so many people online. So look this is our very first regular um, is slot here that we're, we're thinking about introducing which is where we introduce a regular into the show. Joe's is a regular of ours, um, she's been with us loads and loads of times and active contributor. So it's fantastic to have you on the show and it's great to get to know you too and I'm hoping that you folks listening, you know we're going to do this every week and we to have a new person on so we get to know everybody, right? That's whole idea we're building community here so that's that's why we're doing this so tell us a bit about your work joe and your company and what you love doing work wise take it away first yeah us,
3: um i work for integrity print we're based down in midsummer norton um i've been in the print industry now for over 20 years obviously don't look like 20 years <laughs> <Certainly>
0: um, <not. laughs> but
3: yeah it's 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 a really interesting industry it's yeah. struggling a little bit at the moment with yes. um all sorts of things, COVID, paper price increases, energy price increases, but I'm not one to give in, so I'm keeping going. Um, Within the the print industry, as you know, not one shoe fits all, so I would never expect everybody to put all their eggs in one basket with me. Um, But I'm always happy to give advice to anybody at any time, at any stage, if they want to have a quick chat about ideas that they have. Because if I can't help, I always know a man that can. <laughs> yeah,
0: brilliant. So, yeah, I was <laughs> going to ask you, what do you need from the group? And that's exactly it, isn't it? Look, if you need some help, come to Joe for any advice and information on print. And uh, and any other stuff, Joe,
3: related to that? Um, The the, with the industry I'm in? Yeah. Yeah, I like to say it's incompatible. It's hard to describe print because there's so many different elements of print. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're the pretty print, which is what I do love, obviously, because I read lots of magazines, um, but with the functional side of print, something you see every day, a every bill, day, an invoice, and a flyer that falls out of a magazine, those nice things that come through the door drops from Royal Mail, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Free of charge, of course. Yeah.
3: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but we we help a lot of charities, logistics yeah. firms, crikey, um, housing associations. Um, we, we've got all the accreditations. But mostly I think it's about a company helping other people and other companies, especially at the moment, just as to grow. Yeah. Get us all out of this pandemic moment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And build back better, right? Yeah. Lovely.
3: 100%. Yeah.
0: Thanks for that, Joe. So we're, we're spreading the love for you here, Joe. So just, here's just a getting to know you, Joe, section. So we've got six quick fire questions for you, Joe. So
3: can,
0: can, here we go. Are you ready? So can you describe yourself in three words, Joe? Three words.
3: Yeah, I'd say thoughtful, caring and balmy.
0: <laughs> balmy. There's it's a really Birmingham phrase. I've like heard one. Balmy. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I haven't heard that in ages. Right there. Thanks. I love that. <laughs>
3: I so, like to bring it along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And if you could have one superpower Joe what would it be Ooh.
3: Well yeah this is quite it would be the ability to heal um but nice. that would probably during the pandemic and there's also still a lot of covid about and a lot of people in pain you know there's there's diseases there's all sorts of things about but I think this moment in time is to stop war
0: Yeah so it's a bit,
3: a bit all, deep, but yeah, we're I all think. a bit
0: shell shocked from that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, nice one, so. Joe. Um, Jack just spreading the love here just says, my granddad worked in print for fifty years. He loved it great intro <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> joe uh, thanks jack sorry and graham just says this in support we uh we always um the functional side of print joe ag labels like we always need those absolutely thanks graham for yeah. being supportive there Thank you. yeah so um what is one what is one of the things on your bucket list joe Ooh. Mm, easy Ooh.
3: enough to go above the earth's
0: atmosphere oh would you Nice. Yeah. yeah, I need mean,
3: to start saving.
0: Well, you better get so, to know Tesla so, Man, mightn't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, go page would be nice, you know, <laughs> you raise a few million. There we I'm, go. I'm happy to take it on board, just to let you all know what it's like.
0: <laughs> GoFundMe page, love that. Okay, so uh, trip into space, brilliant. Um, favorite food
3: uh, it is really basic, but it's chippy, chippy chips and curry. Oh, what chips and curry together! Yeah, with, Ooh. with scrumps on top. There's, there's different ways we say them, you know, it's either scratch, scraps, scrumps. Yeah, but you've got to mix it in with a curry sauce so it's all crunchy. It's lovely. Uh,
0: there we go. Folks, <laughs> there's some new food for some of you, perhaps. Favourite band then? Come on. Favourite band? Guns and Roses. Oh, Guns and Roses. Hey, guess where I'm going tonight, folks? I'm going to see Simple Minds.
3: <laughs> oh, I can't wow. wait. They're so,
0: amazing. Yeah, in, in Nottingham today. So can't wait for that. So favourite band, Guns N' Roses. Favourite film? Two.
3: Go on. I have The Lost Boys Ooh. and The King and I. The King and I, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Great film, actually. Yeah. It's, it's the romance of The King and I and it's so sad. And The Lost Boys is just a complete classic and the, the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see what other people's favourite films are as well. I think mine at yeah. the moment is The Matrix, always has been, changed my life, but there we go yeah no thanks for that joe brilliant so thanks very much uh being being a sport being the first ever person joe on the Yay, get to know you in five <laughs> hope you enjoyed it and uh, look we're going to see you soon and uh, joe's going to be a guest on the show on the 10th of may as well and we're going to talk about is print dead sounds like a groovy topic to me so we can't wait for that joe we'll shake that up shortly so thanks for being on again and uh, we'll give you a wave goodbye and thanks very much for being on cheers for now
2: thank
3: you guys
0: thank Love you, you.
3: Cheers, thank you. thank you. Love you Pleasure. too.
0: Bye. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay, so back to it then. So Charles, let's come back to you. So I'm intrigued to know, you know, thank. Uh, so we're over on the interlude now, and we're coming back to to this part of the show where we're 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 talking about success and failure. So, Charles, I'm intrigued to know, you know, how do we overcome the feeling of defeat from a failure? Then, Charles, you know, we talk. This is where the emotion comes in, is it?
2: Yeah, well, I think Mm. when I started to look into this, Mm. I thought, okay, we don't talk about death. We don't talk about failure. Yeah. So where are there things where people have done some thinking about how to respond to death?
0: Mm.
2: And many of you have heard of a model of grief called Kubler-Ross. Yeah, the grief And she talked about the stages of grief it mm. so, was not Voices. about oh, yeah. people okay, responding got to bereavement yeah. but was about individuals who'd been given a terminal diagnosis mm. and so I thought I'm not really sure how well this fits when we're at the point of failure, failure is not a terminal diagnosis Do I, is that really the best way of understanding what's going on emotionally? When we're engaging with failure. And I had a look around and I found an alternative model which was called the Four Tasks of Mourning. Ooh, the four and tasks this felt mourning. like a much more useful way of thinking about failure because almost every kind of failure involves some kind of loss. It might be the loss it is of disappointment with what could be. It might be the loss of a relationship. It might be the loss of an opportunity. It might be the loss of an ambition. There is some kind of loss there. And so this model has the acronym TIER. And the T stands for to accept the new situation. So to absolutely accept the reality of the loss. Right. The E says to experience the pain of the loss. This really made sense for me because the people around me, when I had this vision failure, they were trying to pretend the loss hadn't happened. Mm. They weren't allowing me, if you like, or they were denying me the right to experience the pain of the loss. They were saying it wasn't a loss at all. Well, that for me, psychologically, is really unhelpful. Yeah. So absolutely give yourself space to experience the pain of the loss. Yeah. Now, if your relationship breaks down, then you are going to experience the pain of that loss before perhaps you're ready to adjust the A tier to life without the lost object. Mm-hmm. So now you have to adjust, adjust to the fact that this vision is not going to happen, or the fact that the business is dead, or the fact that the marriage is over, or the fact that you you have got to for the rest of your life address the fact that you are being diagnosed as somebody who has uh, a bipolar disorder. So that's mm-hmm. the adjusting. Um, And that's something I think that we're encouraged to skip over. Um, It's not the same anymore. The things I thought I had or thought I was going to have are not available to me anymore. And now, invest in the new environment you're in where that object is no longer available to you. And I think this is where you can turn failure into an opportunity for opportunity. Oh, That's opportunity. the reinvest bit. Yeah. So when I t- went on that journey to end up working for a big international professional services firm, then I'd adjusted to the fact that I wasn't going to have a startup business anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'd reinvested into a new future. I was taking a new kind of risk um, in the face of new opportunities. I had a belief, very ably supported by somebody else who believed in me, that that new opportunity was real and available. And then I went out and got it. So I would encourage people not to skip over the morning. For those who've been holding in your mind through this conversation a significant failure in your life Mm. perhaps this tier model makes sense to you because you can see this is what you had to do you had to accept the reality of the loss you had to experience the pain of the loss you had to adjust to a world without that thing that you have lost and then you reinvested in the opportunities for a new future you took risks and those two don't take risks are the people who've ended up with so much disappointment so repeated failure that they have persuaded themselves that hopelessness and helplessness is the state that they're going to stay in and they have become subject to learned helplessness or learned hopelessness and that is a place that then requires Step by step confidence rebuilding to come back into learned optimism that actually there is a future, even if it's a different future than what you hoped for.
0: That's really fascinating. I love the way you've expressed that, that tier model. as a process for mourning is really important, isn't it, Charles? So taking time to reflect on what's happened, re-experience it, and then learn to adjust through through the reflection. Charles, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I
2: think so. You know, mm. what could have been or what was is no longer, um, and you cannot live your life as though you still have got this successful startup business you cannot live your life as though your previous marriage is still in existence it just doesn't work
0: yeah yeah and we asked you the audience um people that you know what was your greatest failure and to have time to reflect on that and uh, graham pops up with this this one here to say um failure is an event it's never a person it's just something that happened i guess is that what is that what he's saying do you think um Charles?
2: I think it's, that's a really powerful way of externalizing failure.
0: Um,
2: and I think it's really useful to externalize failure, but recognize that for many of us, when there is a failure, we feel a failure. We feel that we have failed and therefore we are a failure. Um, and very real for people you know, mm. when I believed that I was no longer fit ever to be a husband again I had internalised something that had happened, an event and turned it into um, an aspect of my identity mm. I believed that I was unfit to be married so I reinterpreted that event as something about who I was Was, yeah. Um, and ultimately mm. I had to let go of that Identity of a divorcee, if you like, in order to step into a new adventure. Mm. That is my current marriage.
0: I really like that. You know, and that failure piece is so interesting, isn't it? Because I, I think you're right. I think what happens here is that we attribute failure to personal identity. That's why it hurts so much, and and we cover it up, don't we? So, you know, as a personal story. Um, of mine, you know, when I left school, I left school with absolutely nothing. You know, the strategies I learned at school, I just wasn't mature enough for the school system at all. It just didn't do me any favours. And for years, Charles, you know, that haunted me, that, that feeling of failing my exams, of, you know, not being as good as everybody else, not being clever enough, not being good enough compared to everybody else, was something that I hid away for many, many years, and then it was a teacher that dragged it out of me at um, you know, further education that kind of it made me realise that I'm brighter than I thought, I was, you know, and actually I just need to reapply myself. And what had happened was that I'd attributed failure to who I was, not that a fact I just didn't have a decent strategy to get through school, right? I just didn't have the right strategy. So, um, you know, I was relearning that and, you know, that was a choice point that I had to make, you know, one day on the train on the way home from that that incident at, at technical college where my my lecturer had threw, threw, thrown me out the class for playing up yet again and yet then told me why am I playing up because I'm the brightest lad in the class and if I only applied myself I could do something with my life. So that was a choice point that I had to make, and then from then on, I had to work hard to get out of that comfort zone, Charles, as you were saying, stretching into something new, to kind of find myself in that and not attribute it to my identity. That took years, by the way, but eventually, you know, I got my degree, and then I got my master's degree, and then, you know, and then and then and then, and then. And I broke the cycle of that of that failure, if that makes sense, Charles.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm reflecting on the participant in this cool who's a wheelchair user.
0: Yeah. Genius. I'm
2: sure he doesn't define himself as I am disabled. That's no. not his identity. Um, And he has a whole set of self-identity, which is way beyond the fact that he happens to use a wheelchair. Whereas, you know, you prefer to use a surfboard yeah
0: (laughs) very true very just some great learning on a surfboard i can tell you yeah jonas says this uh, earlier on he said nelson mandela said it always seems impossible until it's done and impossible is just a big word right (laughs) and it says i'm possible that's what impossible is maybe yeah interesting okay so um charles Talk to us about, summarise this up for us. It brings this into land for us with this conversation. It's been a really interesting conversation. What's a simple approach that we can apply to move through failure proactively, not to take it so much as an identity level thing as you've just talked about, but to apply it both internally and externally and do something with it, Charles? What's the opportunity for us? Well,
2: my big encouragement to people Mm. is... Get ahead of failure by declaring it as failure. Yeah. Move out of denial. Accept that in some way what you wanted to achieve hasn't happened. It may not be as good as you like. It may not be when you want it to be. It may be that the thing that you hoped for never happened. It may be that something that you've been working on has got broken. Name it for what it is. And then celebrate the fact that actually failure, acknowledging failure, is the place from which you can reinvest in new opportunities. It's a place where you can move out of your comfort zone, step through what may be more than one experience of failure, into a new best zone. And that human life ultimately ends in death. Is that failure or success?
0: (laughs) Or inevitability?
2: For those of us who know the story of Jesus, which is being cursed again on Friday. Of course. He was on the cross and everybody around him thought this was the ultimate failure. Mm. Um, And yet in that moment of failure, he saw the opportunity for one of the robbers on the cross, the thief on the cross, to have eternal life. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. three days later, a move started, which has changed the world. Yeah. So out of that failure came opportunity, even in the moment of failure and also afterwards. And I think that is what I would encourage you to do, is to see failure both as death and as potential resurrection
0: love that and yeah graham rose echoes that earlier on actually excellent segue charles from the ashes rises the phoenix so you know out of our failures comes something much more interesting Mm. yeah profound stuff so um just to summarize that that was uh, accept your situation don't deny it acknowledge accept and move through your comfort zone folks and into a new learning zone does that summarize it effectively for you i think so the failure
2: zone is the gateway to the success zone
0: yeah I really love that. Yeah, you know, you've got to get through the fear zone to get to the next to, to get to the success zone. But don't stay in your comfort zone. You need to get through that failure. Face the failure, move through it, and that way you get on the other side of it to to find a success. And who knows what happens the other side of that. And so it's almost like magic happens on that other side, right? You know, just thinking about your experience of, you know, a new job was offered to you for me, you know, I got my degree in the end and, and studied. You know, when we accept the failure and move through it
2: then something happens doesn't it it's it's like absolutely i got married and became a grandfather on the same day <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good
0: <laughs> good stuff thanks charles that was really interesting um i hope you enjoyed being on the show too charles and i hope that was food thought for us all as well um Please keep the conversation moving in the chat as we're just going through the next bit and we'll pick those comments up as well. So, yeah, I hope you found it useful, folks. Um, I thought that was excellent talking about failure and success today. Birding will put Charles's LinkedIn profile into the chat too so that you can contact Charles if you wanted to take this conversation further. Um, Thanks again, Charles, for enlightening us today. we've, We've loved having you on the show today. Um, thank you very much. And this show will also be on podcast two in the next 48 hours, folks, so you can catch up with it there. Um, please also join our LinkedIn Leaders Live group and you can keep the conversation flowing over there about uh, successes from failures and turning them, turning our failures into success. So you can do that there. And remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel first. Uh, As well, sorry. And uh, Birdie will put all the links in um, the comments if they're not there already. So before I get on to what's going on in the next couple of weeks, folks, you know, a quick word on what's the purpose and why. With leaders live and it all starts with the idea and the passion that you are more than you think. We are more than we think. And we certainly talked about that today with Charles. And you know, we're also building a community of growth and you know, like-minded people. And this is particularly relevant to building back, as Joe said earlier, building back better businesses, particularly after the following. Uh, two years. So our motto here on Leaders Live is I to the Power of We Love That Phrase. So Leaders Live is freely available as you found out. It's, it's about edutaining expression. Of, of the things I've just talked about and anyone can join in folks and you know enjoy taking part in extraordinary conversations which we've had today and with Charles and you know, these simple ideas we aim to make a difference and make the world better to folks so we want to bring a spirit of freedom of joy and fun through the feel good factor and you know learning and applying the things that Charles has talked about and, and others on this show into our daily business lives so if you uh, if you just want to find out a little bit more about what I do commercially, um, uh, you can contact me for uh, speaking engagements and hosting events. I do a lot of those things. Um, I facilitate top teams in strategy process and, and looking at themselves and growing and developing and team charters and all of those things. And um, I also run programs called Developing High-Performing Teamwork and Leadership Programs, etc., um, so you can contact me for those. I'm a fully qualified executive coach, and you can also join Inspired CEOs if you are um, a CEO of a small business that is growing, and you know you don't want to be alone, and you want some um, some company in terms of growing and support and thinking bigger. Then Inspired CEOs will help you there. So you can contact me for any of those things. So um, what's happening? next week let's just uh, let's just have a look at what 's happening next week so next week on the nineteenth is Easter folks so uh, it's holiday time so we're having a break next week uh, due to the Easter break so the next show will be on tuesday the twenty sixth at eight forty five a m a UK time and I'll be hanging out with uh, a friend of mine as well and founder of Drawn to Learn, Jackie Forbes and Drawn to perform the art of using hand-drawn doodles and templates to enrich your presentations, ooh, so be there or be square folks so just a quick wrap up for us today. I don't. I think somehow we've lost the music today. So I don't know what happens to the sound sometimes. But um, our quick wrap up scene here is there's confetti falling from the sky right now from us, and uh, we've lost the music for some reason. But so it's great to hang out with you today, guys. Um, uh, today, and thanks so much for being part of this show and creating such a great community vibe and um, you know, feeling the love together. And we can't do this without you folks so the podcast will be out shortly too as i said the next 48 hours and in the meantime that's a rap 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 folks so from charles from birdeen and i we wish you a great week ahead and you can well you could bop along to the music that's playing at the moment but for some reason the music <laughs> is broken so we're just going to wave goodbye to you and say thanks very much for for listening to us today and uh yeah we'll see you again in a couple of weeks time Tarara a bit thanks very much cheers folks bye-bye